I can't start immediately because I'm just looking at uh, Pokemon Go. What do you mean you're looking at Pokemon Go? Is this a new Pokemon thing? Yes. Uh, there's currently one of the Pokestops has got a lure attached to it, so uh, you never know what you might find. What does that mean? What are you talking about? It means that if you go to that particular location, you'll get a Pokemon appear. Are you 15? Uh, no, but I was when Pokemon was popular. That's a fair point. Yeah, and now I have free time and money, and now I'm catching them all. You're catching how many have you caught? Uh, well, it's I'm like <laughs> my Pokedex. <laughs> uh, 35, seen 35. I've got all of the ones that I've seen so What's far. What's the best one you've got? Uh, let's have a look. So you would say this is probably going to keep your attention forever then? Uh, yeah. Probably the best thing of all time? But there's a lot of people doing it, actually. It's quite... Are there any? Is there anyone nearby? Not really. Um, I mean, did you want to do a cold po- intro? Pokemon Go podcast now? Uh, yeah. Are we just seeing you play Pokemon Go? Yeah. Uh, mm. I might. I might. I think I'm done. What do you mean you're done? You just said it was the best thing of all time. Yeah, but that was minutes ago. Hey Dave, how are you? Good. How are you? Have you recovered from losing power at your uh, house? Once I get home and see, if I get home and the light is on, oh, gee, that'll feel good. Yeah. I'll tell you one thing. I'm so glad I got gas, hot water. Oh, yeah. That yeah. Is good. If I had to go through this ordeal with no hot shower, I would have been furious. So uh, I guess if you didn't realize, Dave has had no power all weekend. Mm-hmm. Um. So he's probably happy to be out of the house. Yeah, maybe if any tips, if you're going to rent or buy properties, go with a newer one. Because my old house has got old wiring. And I think old wiring is delicious for possums and mice, perhaps. Yeah, yeah. And also just (sighs) probably badly done over the years. Yeah, I would have thought so. Does that mean you had to drink all the beers that were in your fridge? Uh, Fortunately, I only had two in there. So uh, that Pirate Life double IPA will have to get re-chilled. I like that you only had... Uh, we should introduce our guest first. Good Nick idea, yeah. From Hi. the Belgian Beer Cafe. <laughs> Hi, guys. Good yourself. Nick Claus? Nick Claus. Yep. People call me Santa. Santa, right. Obviously. Or Saint Nick. Or, <laughs> yeah. Is there the last name Claus? Is that Dutch? Uh, I'm from Belgium. Belgium. Yeah. Um, the oldest trace to my family name goes back to Germany, 1304 or wow. something like that. A bishop as well. That's the first written... Right. Recollection of my uh, family name. <laughs> so it's only natural then you get into beer. Yeah, right? yeah, every, yeah. Every church is involved. Exactly, exactly. Um, Dave, yeah, having only two beers in your fridge, being, you know... A beer geek. Yeah. Supposedly beer geek. Yeah, yeah. yeah, true. I mean, I've got a whole bunch of beers, like, non-chilled, just yeah. lying down somewhere. I mean, that's a different story. But, uh, yeah, only two beers in the fridge and the power was gone. So not much of a loss there. Yeah. I lost a whole celery, though. A whole I'm celery? Like, Oh, yeah. it's a pain in the ass. Why don't they sell loose celery? They do it some places. No, really? Yeah. They should do it more. Like, you don't even need one. You buy <laughs> yeah, I know. Ten. I you end mean, up taking like, bo- like a whole like container of celery sticks to work just to get through it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you become the celery stick. And everyone goes like, gee, you have healthy snacks all the time. And I go, yep. I don't, I don't go, I don't want to waste a whole celery. I <laughs> <laughs> pretend that I'm some sort of athlete. Speaking of Pirate Life, um, the Adelaide Beer Awards were last night. 
Uh, I imagine they did very well. They picked up four medals. Uh, no, sorry, four, two medals, best IPA, best pale, or trophies for those or whatever mm-hmm. you get. Um, was it for the IPA or the double? Wasn't sure, actually. Ooh. I didn't actually see the full results. I just had a quick read. Um, but they also got best new exhibitor and best large brewery. Go Pirate Lights. They are crushing it. Whenever I go to a bottle shop these days, I have to, like there's an internal monologue going, don't just buy Pirate Life. Don't just buy Pirate Life. <laughs> it's hard to like uh, abstain. Yeah, yeah. I've, uh, Especially that new IPA is so delicious. It's so delicious. All right, let's not talk about Pirate Life All anymore. Right, yeah, on they the get show. enough airtime, <laughs> I guess. Yeah. Um, also, Smiling Samoyed, the brewery out of um, Adelaide as well. They just uh, was it Moipanga, just out, out of Adelaide. There. Oh yeah. Uh, they picked up best beer. Ooh, uh, what was the it? Thing. Um, their Dark Ale. Which I don't think I've tried. I actually interviewed them for a different article Friday. Sure. Um, and they were pretty excited and they ho- were hoping to do well. So it's good that they... Are they um, I don't remember seeing them ever at any of the Pine of Origin Adelaide. They've been Southern around, Island, I think. I, I don't, as I said, I don't recall trying any of their beers. Um, they're very, very small. Yeah. It sounds like a Bond villain. Smiling so <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> well, it's quite like, as I was saying to them when I Googled them, if you Google Smiling Samoyed, all the Google images come up on the front page as well of just happy dogs. It's like, that's a great thing to Google. Get happy <laughs> dogs and be at the brewery. Um, yeah, so Adelaide um, Breweries taking out Adelaide Awards is, is pretty good. Oh, so you've ticked a few of them. It must no, have been no, I haven't tried any of them. I thought that tick meant you've had it. No. Nah. So out of the loop with untapped. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I was just looking at my untapped. So what does a tick mean then? Means if you want to check into it, you can tick on it. Oh, okay. You get a little star if you've right. checked it in. Sorry, no one wants to hear us looking at my untapped. Right. Um, I've got some more Adelaide news. Let me just bring back up my note. All of a sudden, we visit Adelaide, and then bang, Adelaide news. Adelaide's comes out. going crazy. I'm not huh? saying that we make things happen, but <laughs> the data would suggest it. That's all. Yeah. Things that have been in the planning for years. <laughs> we made it happen by going there one weekend. Um, Crafty Pint was over there to do some Crafty Cabal events. Excellent. He's been around the country doing those. Support that if you are looking to support some local beer people. I mean, support us first. You should do it to support, but also from everything that I've looked at, read, talked to people about it, it seems like you get your money back pretty yeah, quickly. Yeah, it looks yeah. like a pretty good deal. Yeah. Um, and he was doing Pine of Origin events there, so he's taking his Good Beer Week Melbourne stuff and, and sort of transplanting it there in the lead up to the Adelaide Fest. Uh, Great the fun. They also had like a beer and barbecue weekend. All oh, I, as well. yeah, that was the one that Jack was telling us about, yeah. eh? Yeah, that sounded heaps fun. Yeah. Um, also in Adelaide, the Australian National Home Brewer Conference, Home Brewing Conference mm-hmm. is going to be there in October. Um, good guests this year. Yeah, some really good guests. Is, um, I've slipped my Chris mind Chris White from White Labs yep. will be there. Uh, I think I saw Stan Aronimus. Yep. The famous, very famous beer writer and author. Yeah. Uh, hopefully, we might get him on the show. Ooh, that's a good one. Bit of a tease. Uh, there was another top level one that I. Mitch Steele. Mitch Steele, of course. Yeah. From Stone Brewing, uh, formerly, formerly of Sto- Stone, Stone Brewing, yeah. uh, who's left. I don't know if people saw that news, but he, in the video of his announcement that he ma- put out of him leaving, he was wearing a New Zealand Hopco hat. And people were like, is that a sign that he's going to move to New Zealand? Yeah. Probably not. But well, they also thought he might be going to Nike because he was wearing a Nike T-shirt. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he thought into it that much. No, no, no. I think um, uh, the internet did what it does. How's the food that's going past us? It looks unbelievable. Yeah, I enjoyed everything yeah. I've eaten here. What's I your chose favorite? the wrong seat. What's your favorite dish? 
here. Yeah, yeah if I'm here having a meal. Mussels? Um, mussels are quite traditional, so they are quite good. But I think my favourite is sausages and stump. Oh, yeah. Uh, so sausages, cabbage, potatoes, pieces of bacon shards, yeah, yeah. all that stuff. Um, also, it's a blustery winter afternoon. Yeah, it's that sounds definitely perfect. winter dish. Yeah. Caramelised yeah. onions, yeah. it's really wintry. Get a Westmile double. Westmile double, yeah, yeah. Or the triple as well. Yeah. Um, or the Belgian beef burger. Massive burger, fries, onion rings. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. I've never been able to finish it, but you're joking. Yeah. No, nah, it's massive. All I can think of now is I'm going to finish that. Burger. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's uh, move on. Should we push from on from food? Did we move on? Is it, did we cover enough for the homebrewers conference? I think so. Um, right. Yeah, get tickets. We've we've had some interviews with the team before. Yeah, I went to the dinner later. last year. It must have been, I guess. Um, yeah, the year before. And it was fan. Was it? I think so. Oh, because I only do it once every two years. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that was fantastic. And just hearing everyone talk, it sounded like a super, super event. Mm. And I think that's a uh, there are two areas that don't cross over enough: the home brewing and the beer gigs in general. Mm. And I think the home brewing conference would be a awesome event for just anyone who just is passionate, even if you don't want to brew, um, you just get some awesome insight. Speaking of conferences um, and Chris White from White Labs. He is uh, one of the speakers at the CBAA conference coming up at the end of July. Cool. Uh, up in Brisbane. Brisbane? Yeah, it's in yes. Brisbane. Yep. Um, I should have noted that down. Um, they've also got some interesting speakers as well. And mm. I, I went along to the one in is Melbourne. Is it Brisbane or is it, is it Bris Vegas this year? I'm not too <laughs> sure. <laughs> um, Whose hair is that, by the way, on the mic? It's probably oh, one of mine. Yeah. Or it could be my cat's. Yeah. Um, they've got Steve Baxter from Shark Tank speaking. Really? Yeah. Do you watch Shark Tank? Uh, if there's nothing else on on TV, yeah, I'd watch it. No. How's he tied into beer? Uh, they w- wanted to talk about kind of investment and business. Which 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 one is he, by the way? I don't he's know. He's the one that's kind of a little bit sickly with a beard. It's a little bit skinny. Forget it. I don't know. Narrow. Asked, he's a yeah. narrow man. Yeah. It's a better way. What was his name? I'll Google <laughs> it. Steve Baxter. You, you, you keep going on with um, that. Yeah. They've also got someone from Deschutes there, and also Chris White from White Labs. Nice. Plus nice. a lot of other local guests. Um, it looks like it'd be really interesting, and I really enjoyed going along to the day that I went, even though a lot of it was so much over my head. Um, as even as what a was his name again? Steve, Steve Baxter. Baxter. Oh, Shane Baxter. It's not going to get me anything, is it? Yeah. Um, I think he's the one sitting on the left-hand side mm. always. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Well, our, our left, not yeah, 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 yeah. Cam- camera, yeah. Left. camera left. Camera left. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> We're not in show. Oh yeah, yeah, your grand designs. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, is, okay. Yeah. He's narrow. He's a narrow guy. He is narrow. Yeah. <laughs> he does look sickly as well. Sorry, Steve Baxter, if you're listening to this. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you make a lot more money than we do, so yeah, I'm sure totally. you're fine. I just saw the net worth. It's unbelievable. Yeah. Um, Go on. Let's move on. Now, um, yeah, CBA. Go along. Cool. We love those guys. Capital City, did we talk about them last time? Mm, yeah, let's do it right Can- now. Canberra Brewery uh, it's launching. They're still contract brewing, but they've got some... Sh- uh, Stainless on the on the ocean at the moment. You went along to the launch, didn't you? Yeah, and you so were pretty happy with it, weren't you? Really impressed with their beers. They what, were, um, what, what did you taste? Red IPA. Uh, top of my head, there's a, maybe a pale. Um, there's a was steam it a lager? Oh, steam, 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 steam ale was, was top notch. Um, yeah, really good. And they've got a brewer from San Diego, X Green Flash Coronado. So you know you're going to get some pretty significant hop profile down that. Yeah, food, he's yeah. all about making. They're really dry West Coast IPA, so they, they've got one He's coming a up. man close to our heart, yeah. 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 We don't need to talk about those kind of styles no, anymore. No, no, no. Um, also into the Fury and Sun launch, a uh, new brewery here in Melbourne um, last night. So their facilities in Keelor, is that yeah, right? Something yeah. like that. So they've got the old Grand Ridge brew kit. 
Oh, okay. Oh, that's where it went. Okay. Um, and I think Craig that used to work at the Monk mm-hmm. Brewery in WA. He's out uh, the head brewer, and I really enjoyed the Pilsner. Um, Scotch Ale uh, was really cold, and it came out of pot glass, so it's kind of hard to tell. Sure. What it tasted like. I just went back to the Pilsner after that. It was really good. Nice. There's uh, a few good Pilsners making the rounds, though. Yeah. Um. Oh, the final thing. Um, the things at the Belgian Beer Cafe. The yes. Lambic. Some of the Lambic producers have come out publicly and said they're against resale of their products. Right. So basically, the American market is just destroying Lambic, and what's happening is a lot of online shops, which I'm definitely guilty of shopping from mm-hmm. in the past, are going and buying cases of it and then reselling it to the American market for you know a, a decent markup. And then there's secondary sales, so you know the Three Fontenaine Zen. Why Fonterra is going for four hundred bucks, five hundred bucks, four hundred bucks. Yeah, I really want to wow. try that beer. I wouldn't. I probably wouldn't pay four hundred bucks, but to their sherry barrel age. But it's kind of like it's odd because I guess the craft beer drinkers are sort of by default a pretty like affluent group, and then yep. the pointier you end, you get to it almost the more affluent it is. So people are prepared to pay that. Yeah. So if that's an opportunity. It's hard to like stop people doing that, isn't it? Yeah, and there's been people saying that what well, they should price their products accordingly, like the wine industry. You know, the higher end bottle of yeah. wine from the the, the, the winemaker is going to cost you 50, 60 bucks. But it's become almost like a collector's item. Oh, like, definitely, definitely. It's less yeah. about the beer than saying that you've had the beer. Yeah, kind without of thing. question. Yeah. yeah. Um, and yeah, some of those beers. Or also saying that you didn't like it as well. Yeah. <laughs> huge, huge, yeah. Um, and pe- people saying, you know, you could put your prices up and that would stop it. But what's happening is, well, they're like, if we put our prices up, our regulars are going to be priced out of it. Yeah. We don't want that to happen. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I've, I've stopped buying Lambic online, mostly because I'm pretty broke at the moment. Okay. But also based on that, a stand of solidarity. Also good a stand of solidarity. Luke, yeah. And I don't think I would again. Um, go through a good channel and trade and share your bottles. Don't sell them, I think. Yeah. A little uh, hint, a bit of advertisement as well. The cheapest lamb excel beer I've ever had, I've ever bought, Cantillon, was out of Beer Mash. Oh, Beer uh, Mash? Really? Beer Mash, yeah. I think they're out of stock now. Yeah. But I think I bought the last 750 bottle of Cantillon. What'd that cost? Uh, Brucella. Yeah, um, I only paid. I don't know if I should say. <laughs> I only paid thirty-four bucks. That's yeah, it's pretty it's good. That is pretty cheap. reasonable. The, yeah. um, I bought a seven fifty mil over the bar years ago at the courthouse hotel. I think they must have stuffed up the pricing and price gave me for three seventy-five. So it was seventeen dollars for a, uh, nice. must be Canty on Iris. I think it was. Yeah. Even buying it over the bar. It it's crazy. If it was 375 it would have been years ago, though. No one yeah, else it was like nobody knew ago. what was what they were getting themselves into. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I was at a bottle shop recently. Uh, I don't know if I want to give away what. No, let's give it away. Go on. Um, and they had four bottles of Grand, uh, sorry, Rose de Gambrinus on the shelf. Yeah. Plus a th- few Three Fontanains, um, Hopheads, and Point Cook. It's a pain in the ass Point to get to. Point Cook? Yeah. It's an amazing wow. shop. Um, Adrian that exit is awful though like the Point Cook exit off the freeway yeah. is disgusting it's just the yeah. whole the whole suburb so I, it was a really nice day so I took the train then biked jeez oh, it's hard to get to <laughs> <laughs> um, but but the best things often are yeah I mean we had to train and bike out to Boat Rocker mm. and uh, that place is alright yeah. mm. and if you go there you might be able to clean up on some uh, Canteon that no one knows about <laughs> or they do now what an opportunity uh, 
If I wasn't on my bike, I probably would have cleaned them out at that point, but <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> um, oh, Bendigo Beer. Mm-hmm. You went along to that. Yeah, yeah, very briefly before our uh, other uh, engagements. Mm-hmm. But um, they're just a f- they've been supporting good beer as long as anybody has. So what was the event you went along to? Uh, it was the launch, the Melbourne launch for the On the Hop Festival, which is held in Bendigo, and some great brewery. Or every all the regular breweries have jumped on, and I don't. I've never been to the festival itself. Have mm. you ever? No, but I've heard amazing things. Yeah, absolutely. Bendigo and On I the think Hop. It's because it's cool. um, Justin and Trev started. I don't even know how many years ago. Maybe five or six years ago. ago they yeah. sort of started the uh, Bendigo Beer Collective, uh, and then. I don't know. They've just been huge supporters. They've turned Bendigo into like a pretty, r- a, 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 kind a of good, uh, a good beer destination. Mm. And I think with um, uh, Justin's uh, chef skills, he's brought a lot of the food pairing um, elements to that mm. sort of. There's a lot of places where you can get a good feed mm. and um, some really, really excellent beers there. So um, always good to support those guys. Emma, my girlfriend, went up there the other day for something unrelated and texted me that she was like Bendigo's amazing it's yeah. a, a nice little city so yeah maybe we should go to Bendigo on the hop when is it? I have no idea um, I should I have written that down I went to the launch I don't, yeah. even, I don't even know so, yeah. <laughs> what an effective launch <laughs> um, we'll put the link in the show notes it's coming up soon though. yeah it is very soon and you can get a train out there from Melbourne if you're in Melbourne it's actually really painless yeah getting a V-line out there yeah, yeah. alright well that's all the news I have Dave any news? no nope. cool all right, let's come back and we'll have a chat to Nick about um, Belgian Beer Cafe and what's coming up. Oh, we should mention what beers we're drinking, Dave. What are you drinking? I've got the White Rabbit Red. How's that going for you? Good. Really like it. Their Flemish Strong. style. Yeah. Took a lot, of, a little bit of criticism for not being funky enough or sour enough. But yeah, but who criticised them, though? People that want to have the pointiest beer possible? Uh, no, it was actually Matt Kay from Bruce News. Who's Really? Yeah. Does he understand what they're going for? Yeah, I think he thought it through. and I think he ended up chatting to them about it yeah. on the show, um, which I didn't listen to, but... Yeah, I guess his criticism was interesting about it, so, yeah. Well, I think White Rabbit with their red ale, they're, they're kind of making it as an entry style level because mm. mm. the White Rabbit followers, they're kind of crafty but not extreme, so mm. they want to get those people and pull them over to a more sour, mm. more crafty kind of... And it's also a platform, beer, so. if they want to do an Uber sort of version of it, people won't. People that are familiar with it will be less hesitant to try this spiky, weird mm. beer because uh, I'll have some reference... Uh, point about what it might be like. Yeah, I chatted. To I think it's a super fun beer to have as like a core range beer. It's unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. I think so. Um, I chatted to Jeremy, the, the head brewer, for one of the, the college things I did. Sure. And he, um, his, his end goal was to make it basically all spontaneous fermentation, yeah. and and but yeah. he knows it's going to be a long process for a brewery like that. That's their position in the market. They just can't switch to spontaneous fermentation not. straight off the bat. I mean, they've they've. Turn up with a whiskey barrel aged sour to Gabs, and that's on at their barrel room at the moment. So, for you know, a big brewery owned to, to basically switch to sour beer yeah, is yeah. their main thing. You've got to do it in increments. Yeah. Yeah. And someone made the Some comment. Some people say you've got to walk before you can run, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, well, it's a difficult beer to sell because the people that really like their sours and their red ales, they think this is too soft, too lame. And the people that have no idea about sours or red ales, they think this is too harsh, kind of thing. So, 
Yeah, it's not a it's not an easy sell, especially to customers as well. Yeah. Yeah. But I think you just got to have the right context behind it. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, be interesting to see where they go with it and, mm. and how it changes. Um, I'm drinking the Cooper's Vintage. Which is it the most recent one? Yeah. So yes. that should be from what our data has shown the most delicious version of it, and yep. you even still you're not loving That's it. Fine. I, I I disagree. We've the reason we have it on tap is because we've just done a Cooper's Vintage dinner. Yep. Mm. So we had Vintage 11, 12, 13, 14, and 16. Uh, the 12 and the 13. That really? those are the best vintages. Yeah, somewhere between. Yeah, because the el- the el- the 11 is a little bit too old. Mm. The 16, which are you drinking, it's it's too young. It needs mm. to sit for a bit. Because it's one that we've discussed at length. Have we discussed it on air before? I don't know, actually. Mm. But I think the feeling that we get is for a vintage beer, which is what it's... I mean, er- any kind of marketing you see is like pushing you to buy like a case of it mm. and put time behind it. But I think the ones that we've had recently that have been aged haven't even aged that well. But mm. if you've had one recently, the 12 and 13... Yeah, my, like my sample size is pretty low. Yeah, um, yeah. But yeah, I've never... I think it was actually probably we recorded here a while ago. I can't remember who with. Well, I can't remember what vintage we'd had, but I just thought it was a little bit. I just tasted tired. I think. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I for me, I don't know if it's a great beer to age. For my palate, I think it just I get too much oxidation from it. Um, but yeah, it sells really well, and, and people people really like it. So. It's a great discussion point if you have a dinner and like a particular subset, like the, the ones that are three four years old now are tasting fun and great and sort of head and, sh- head and shoulders it sort of uh, sort of preaches the benefits of putting Storing things down for a while yeah yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah especially if you can buy different years different vintages and then compare next to each other instead of having a, a blank comparison yeah kind of thing. definitely yeah, yeah. Um, hmm. alrighty well let's go on and chat to Nick about all things Belgian Beer Cafe Belgian Beer Cafe. Now, I, uh, my first question was, before we go further into it, was there are a lot of Belgian beer cafes around Australia. Yes. I think there's a couple in New Zealand. I, th- yeah, I, I think... Th- uh, it's an international brand, is that yeah, accurate? Yeah, two in New Zealand. You've got, obviously, here in Melbourne, and I think Brisbane, Sydney, Adelaide, and Perth kind of thing. Um, but as I said before, most of the Belgian beer cafes are owned by Woolworths. Um, so they get the bulk buy, and they're just a big conglomerate company almost um, while well this Belgian beer cafe is family owned um, so it's a small family business uh, uh, two people that own it um, so we do have to stock the Belgian brands Stella Hogarth and all that stuff but we've got a tap section of seven tabs which are independent mm-hmm. so we get to do craft ranges um, whichever we want basically as long as we still stock the Stella and those Belgian brands kind of and thing. so the ownership of the actual branding is SAB yeah, yeah, so AB, a- ABI, AB. so AB InBev, who now merged with uh, with Saab Miller. Yeah, so it will be. <laughs> um, so unfortunately, all the Belgian brands will be sold off to CUB. Yeah, right. Um, as will also Corona and, and I think Heineken and all that stuff. So I'm not sure what line itself will retain. Mm. Um, so yeah, future for distribution. Is that supplies. good or bad for you guys? That's <laughs> a difficult question. It's just yeah. confusing, right? It's like it's kind it of is confusion, and it's it's a difference between the two main Australian beer players. It's it's either you're kind of a line guy, or either you're a CUB guy. Whether you like whether you're a craft beer liker or not, you kind of you know it's the same with Woolworths or Coles. You either like Coles or you like Woolworths. I've always been more of a line guy because they've also got you know little creatures and white rabbit kind of thing. Uh, they just bought Panhead in New Zealand. 
while CUB, they've had their Matilda Bay range trying to get a foot in the door in the craft beer market, which they effed up kind of thing, and they just slowly destroyed the whole the whole brand. So we d- Now, we didn't brief you on any of what you just said, right? No. Because we said the exact same thing last yeah, week, pretty no. much. Exactly. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I'm bar manager here, so I kind of have to keep my finger on the <laughs> pulse on what's yeah, going yeah. on. Yeah, we, yeah we're completely, we completely agree with that. Um, so... I think Headless Chook might be uh, an accurate description of yeah. Um, yeah. Matilda Bay. And you also obviously stock some Belgian stuff that's not owned by those guys as well. Yeah, yeah. So we have a lot of different suppliers. We work together with different suppliers and brewers itself as well. Um, obviously, we stock a fair bit of Trappists uh, in here. And we got some stock of Driefontainen and Cantillon. Um, we'll have some West Flitterin coming in as well. Very, very limited stock of that. So, yeah. So speaking of the resale market earlier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I, I had the option to get my hands on that. Um, looking at the prices of what we had to buy it in for, it's insane, mm. especially compared to what you buy it for in Belgium itself. Mm. Um, but, yeah, because we're the Belgian beer cafe and we try to keep that emblem kind of thing. Yeah, like yeah. We decide to stock very limited, very limited. I've got a bottle shop near my house that's fine for craft beer. You can get some good stuff there, but it's mainly a wine bottle store. Mm. And they have dozens of each of the three Westies. Yeah, yeah, right. Not marked. Yeah. So you have to know that the blank bottles behind the counter yeah, are Westies. They yeah. don't like have prices. They don't have anything. They've got this outrageous stock levels purely based on the fact that they think people will come in, see it, and buy it. It's right. crazy. Yeah. What are they selling it for? Oh, like 60 bucks or something? I don't even know if it's that much even, but it's the, yeah. it's the whatever the normal, like whenever anyone else gets a yeah, price, yeah, it's pretty yeah. I think it's about 60 that I've seen it for. Yeah. I um, think the, uh, the, the blonde one might be like 45 or something like that. The blonde's, I think, my favorite. Yeah, I wasn't a huge fan of... See, everybody goes no, for the no, 12. Yeah. Because it's got the most alcohol content and no, they I didn't think has the most flavor as well, but no. Yeah, I, true. I like the um, the 8 more. Yeah. I really like the 12. I've never had an older bottle. I've got a couple of bottles mm. at home, which I might... Oh, I'm planning on leaving for five to eight years. And yeah. See That's how they go. Idea. Yeah. Um, I, I held uh, w- like one of each for a couple of years and I had them t- like just one night. I had just those two beers. And I enjoyed them, and they were pretty delicious. But like, I don't know. I didn't feel like it was. I went back home to Belgium last year, and I smuggled a six pack of that back home to Australia. I was like, I'm gonna keep this in my fridge. I'll give three or four away to my friends, and I'll keep two for myself, one for now and one for later. Yeah, that lasted about two weeks, kind <laughs> of thing. <laughs> uh, you gotta have discipline. Put it, put it in yeah, a nah. cupboard and forget about it. When it comes to good beer, I don't have much <laughs> discipline. So you're you're <coughs> the uh, beer ambassador, is that right? For is that your title? Um, my official title title is Belgian Cultural Ambassador. Okay. Um, <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> um, it just means you know I have to keep on top of things of all things Belgian. Yep. Just make sure the menu and how we phrase stuff, beer and food menu, that it's kind of on par with Belgian mm-hmm. Belgian stuff, um, and just trying to promote the general Belgian feeling, I guess, yep. here in the Belgian beer cafe. So I know there's a strong. Um, food and beer culture in Belgium. Did you try and uh, like assimilate that here? Um, the difference in, in food culture is amazing because the difference with Australia is you can have really good food in Australia, but you usually have to fork out a bit of bucks for it, like get out your wallet. While in Belgium, you don't always have to pay a lot of money to get a 
good steak and nice sauce and whatever. Um, the difference with the beer culture is Belgians don't do IPAs. They started making IPAs two, three, maybe four years ago. So you've got Duvel Triple Hop and Le Chouf uh, Houblon. Those are kind of IPAs, but Belgians don't really understand what an IPA is. Um, there's only a small region in Belgium that produces hops in the south uh, west of Belgium, um, where St. Bernardus comes from, that kind of area. Um, but hops are not a Belgian thing. So any Belgian person that comes here and they try an IPA is like, what's that bit of crap? I'm not drinking <laughs> this. So you have to develop your palate kind of thing. Um, I, I know um, <coughs> Earth and like the beer trading scene, Belgians... Like the beer geeks there are trading for American hops and they'll trade away you know, yeah. really, really big famous beers just to get hops in. Yeah. I chatted to a couple of beer geeks when I was over there and they you know, they were excited for the Brewdog Tap takeover that was happening at a, a bar and by an Englishman in Bruges. And yeah. So yeah, it's kind of, there's a small pocket I think that's kind of growing and is that, is it, I guess it would be almost a traditional reluctance to it. Yeah, well that's what I think over time will destroy, not destroy but will kind of diminish the Belgian beer culture on a global scale is you've got this hop revolution that started 5, 10, 15 years ago in the States, blew over to the UK and Australia. Um, and that's a whole revolution where Belgian beer culture is not partaken in because um, we are so proud of our own beers. We just stick to our traditional beers. And so we tend to overlook the new styles because if it's a new style, it's not a style. That's what most people sure. think, about, think about. Do you it. think so, that yeah. like um, any like cyclical nature of beer and um, sort of counterculture will work in Belgium's favor in that respect? <sighs> It'll take a long time. I, I think by the time the Belgians properly jump on the hop bandwagon kind of thing, there'll already be a new revolution in the global beer market. Yeah, kind of thing. so I think if like like they resist yeah. the like hop uh, trends and stick with their tried and true formulas, I don't know. I think it's probably yeah. gonna be a, a good thing for them. Mm. I don't know. Yeah. There are some like some of my favourite Belgians are pretty hop forward, like uh Durank or Duranka XX. Yeah. I love that beer and that's aggressive for a for it's a quite bitter. Yeah. <laughs> We've had it uh, I think one or two years ago and yeah. it's like a, even for me it was just quite bitter yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and like a, a fresh one of those is oh, I think it's amazing yeah. um, but like even they started making that well, I think with Rodenbach yeast when they first started and they, they stopped oh really yeah I would, yeah. Love, to, would love to have tried it yeah. <laughs> um, back then but um, so yeah I think as long as they keep that because those guys there's still that you know Belgian yeast and they're still like yeah. it's really dry and, and interesting so as long as there's that kind of tradition well that, that's the difference in how for example I, IPAs are made so when, a, when an American brewery says we're making a Belgian IPA, they just take in their standard IPA and they add Belgian yeast. Yep. When Belgians say we're making a IPA, they just take in a Belgian pale ale and adding hops. Yeah, yeah. So that's the that's also the difference between Belgian beer culture and the other hop beer culture is in Australia and the States, you know, beers are based on hops. One in Belgium, beers are based on yeasts. And that's just a whole different approach of, of how you make beers. Do you mm. think basically. that's like mainly because they've had so much time to cultivate their yeast strains and yeah. that sort of thing? Yeah, because we've been making proper beers for the past, I don't know, eight 800 years kind of thing. Um, like, I think recently there was a ship discovered off the coast of, was it Australia? Yeah. Where they found beer bottles that uh, were 250 yeah. years yeah. old and they cultivated the yeast strain. 
they traced the genealogy of the yeast trade and found it was Belgian yeast mm. that was used. So yeah, I'd be interested in in trying that beer as well. Yeah, so they cultured that up, right? And yeah, made a, a, a yeah. The yeast was it. still alive. Was like yeah. the bottles were sealed in such a way the yeast was still alive. So yeah, interesting. Um, how long have you been in Australia for? I've been here for almost four years. Yeah, in October it'll be four years. Yeah. What prompted the move? Um, just wanted to leave. <laughs> <laughs> what did you do in Belgium? Same thing. All oh, right. <laughs> yeah, I've been working hospitality since I was 16 years old, so about 15 years now, and I've done everything. I've done small bars, small restaurants, high-class restaurants, functions for three to five thousand people, hotels, reception. I've done a lot, kind of thing, and um, I come from a quite a small town in Belgium, seventy thousand people. What's the town? Give or, me a shout out. Ostende. Oh yeah. Ostende. So, so you're not far from Wisflader. Eight four double o. That's that's the postcode. Yeah. So that's <laughs> Wisflader and around there, right? So yeah, it takes me from my city. It takes me about. I don't know, 45 minutes an hour? Mm. 45 minutes, maybe? Just true? So they east end? Uh, Nearish. No, yeah, they're still at the coast, but they're further south. They're yeah. closer to the French border. Yeah. Hmm. yeah. So what would be the lo- closest brewery to... Um, well, actually, <laughs> the reason why I handed my resume here was they had a beer that was from my city, um, which there's... At the time when it was brewed, of maybe a handful of bars that stocked it back home. Mm. So when I came here and I saw it on the list, I was like, wow, I was duly impressed. And um, that's brewing about maybe 10 kilometers from where I live, kind of thing. That'll be the closest one. Yeah. What, so what's that? Yeah, we all want to know. Um, <laughs> you can't find any more. So the beer was called Deca Matilla, um, which translates to Fat Matilda. Oh, yeah. um, in my city, there's a statue that's lying in the, on the boulevard. It's leading up to the casino, and it's quite of a burlesque lady lying down naked in a fountain, and that's her nickname. And so the logo was the same Perfect. thing, kind of thing. So yeah, that's great. So what, what, what style was? Um, it was a pale ale, but more of more of an amber colored okay. pale ale, so a little bit darker kind of thing. Yeah, I'm just bringing up. Yeah, a, a lot of it. Yeah. I think a, a photo of the oh, statue. Oh, she is. Yeah, okay. probably going to be the um. The image for the yeah, show. Yeah, that's the one. I've never, yeah. I've never even seen I don't it. even no, know if yeah. they still make that anymore. But yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. And then there's um, a person back home who owns a bar who started his own brewery, I think, two years ago kind of thing. And back home, it's now starting to take off as well. Cool. Still what's can't find it in Australia. But what's the name of that one? I can't remember. <laughs> and I just saw it on Facebook yesterday, but yeah, I can't remember. All right. Well, we'll... I'll, maybe I'll email you and you can send it through and yeah. I can put it in the show notes. Yeah. Give them a bit of support. Yeah. So did you have this lined up before you came across or did you just pull up stumps, head across and roll the dice? Um, coming to Australia, yeah. I mean. Well, I was talking to a few friends about I, I, I want to travel, I want to go away from Belgium, what should I do? And somebody said, you know, you can get, as a Belgian person, get a, a working holiday visa quite easily, you know go away for a year, see Australia, you can go to New Zealand, come back if you do your farm work, that kind of thing. And um, on the way back home, because we were cycling at the time, on the way back home, I I kept thinking about it. And then within a week, I'd looked up all the information, everything I needed to do. And um, in the past, I already had intentions to leave home and travel a bit, which never came to fruition. And that was kind of just golden moment just to click kind of thing you know light bulb above the head is like that's it i'm leaving told my mom um 
in the little town where they brew St. Bernardus of all places. <laughs> That's where I told my mom. And she, uh, yeah, she saw that I was really serious. She started crying a bit, but she's like, if that's what you think you want to do, just do it. And luckily I knew two people here in Melbourne. So they kind of put me up so I can, you know, find my bearings and all that stuff. And yeah, that's how I got started. Yeah. Right. Um, and what are, I guess what are the differences you've noticed between doing hospitality in Belgium versus here? In terms of the customers? <sighs> in terms of customers, well... The good thing about working in hospitality are the people. Mm-hmm. The bad thing about working in hospitality are the people. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sure. yeah. um, the main difference I find that in general, Australian people and especially Melbournians, they're a lot friendlier. Mm. Like it's all about how are you today? What's going on? How's your day been? And I find often it's a genuine question, not just a different way to say hi. Mm. While in Belgium, it's more, you know, it's just hi and what do you want to drink kind of thing. Mm. Um, Coming from a staff perspective, staff might not be as friendly back home, but they're definitely a lot more hardworking right, <laughs> back yeah. home. Yeah. And I thought that was just me uh, thinking that maybe just in my own mind, but I've spoken to different Belgian people coming here and they're like, yeah, it's it's amazing how relaxed you got to work here kind of mm. thing. Because back home is like, if you're not sweating, you're not working. And uh, yeah. And uh, it seemed like that, it seems like the, sort of hospitality profession people sort of go in it as a, a long-term career in Belgium more than they do in Australia is that accurate? It, it, it depends like there's a lot of people that go you know I'm, I'm, I'm going to uni I'm going to college I need a job I can work weekends so let's do hospitality um, and then there's people like me who just kind of stick with it and then decides all right if we're doing this we're going to do it properly and just trying to climb the ladder and, and get more experience and stuff um, and then I think obviously either at a certain age you either want to get out or you want to buy your own place. Yeah, I think that's if you do it long enough. I think that's the two options that <laughs> remain, kind of thing. Yeah. Did you ever think uh, coming over here you didn't you want to work at a bar that's not Belgian? Um, yeah, because I handed out my resume in, in different places, um, and I knew there was a Belgian beer cafe here. But I was like, it's not because it's Belgian beer cafe and I'm Belgian. I have to work here. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it just it had a familiar feeling, especially with the beers that we have. It just reminds me a bit of back home. So coming to work is always kind of going home, kind of kind of thing. So yeah. a lot more Australians. Yeah, yeah with <laughs> a lot more Australians, exactly. Is there anything you can do to inspire a better work ethic with all your lazy stuff here? <laughs> um, <laughs> I hope they don't well, to lazy stuff—that's your words, not yes, mine. It is, yeah. <laughs> Um, and it's not our experience yeah. either. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, it's just, it's, it's, not, it's not individuals. It's just a general Australian mindset, I think. And it's not just hospitality. I've, I've got a Belgian friend that works in IT. And even he's told me, oh, if I was given a project and I would do that by myself in, let's say, a week or so. But my boss insisted I'd get two assistants to, to help me finish the... So it's just, a, you know... I think that's why Australians are a lot more, a lot friendlier than a lot of European countries. Just it's all laid back and, and chill and stuff. Yeah. So it's good and bad. Basically. It's good <laughs> and bad. Yeah. <laughs> Put a positive spin on it. Yeah. Um, do you get many Belgians coming in and? Yes. Revisiting home, kind of a thing. A lot of Belgians come in. A lot of Europeans as well, because you don't have a French beer cafe, sure. for example. So it's for them, it's close to home as well. Um, again, double-edged sword. It's it's nice to have a fellow Belgian and, and you know talk to them, um, 
for us Belgians, it's a weird thing because we're a small country. We kind of have that mindset of maybe we don't matter that much in the world because we're so small. And then you go to the other side of the world, you yeah. see Belgian beer cafe. Yeah. So a lot of Belgian people come in and, you know, as almost an Aussie, I'd say, I'd go, hi, how's your day been? How are you going? And they, they barely say hi. They're like, hi, I'm Belgian. Give me a Stella. <laughs> you know, I just, no, I said, how are you? Not what do you want to, you know, yeah, that yeah. kind of thing. So, yeah. But it's it's a bit, yeah, such a small country. Then you see Belgian beer cafes. It's... It's a thing to be proud of, I mm. guess. Yeah. Also, I think a, a Belgian's leading the Tour de France at the moment. Um, did he lose that last night to Froome? Last night, uh, I I usually don't watch Tour de France, but I saw it last night, and Greg Van Avermaet, who's the Belgian guy, I don't know what happened because I tuned in too late, but he was literally the back yeah. of the whole, like the last person. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, so I don't know what happened exactly, but I don't think he finished too I well. drifted off. I was up. Like As you do watching Tour de yeah, France. Yeah. <laughs> I was up like the night before watching it, and I'm a casual fan, so I don't like, you know, I love watching yeah. it. But yeah, so I don't know, really know what happened. I just end up asleep. Um, but a lot of cycling in Belgium, so it's. Uh, yeah, it's it's been good. We've been, I wouldn't say dominating it, but an important part of cycling for the past 50, 60 years, since the 1950s, I think. Um, yeah, since Eddie Merckx, I think yep. that's how you pronounce it. Yeah. So uh, he's, he's still one of our top. You know, historical athletes. Uh, yeah, can't uh, say a bad word about him. <laughs> <laughs> <That's good to laughs> um, now back to the to the Belgian beer cafe. Um, we're prompted to to chat to you. You've got an event coming up. Yep. Uh, tell us about the event. So Belgian National Day, the twenty first of July. What is that celebrating? Um, well, Belgian National Day. There's a bit of confusion. Um, a lot of people think on Belgian National Day you celebrate the official existence of Belgium. Um, I get confused myself sometimes. I'm pretty sure Belgian National Day celebrates the coronation of our first king um, on the 21st of July, 1831, I'd say. If I'm wrong, don't quote me on that, okay? okay? <laughs> <laughs> I'll look it up online and then... Yeah, 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 and then... <laughs> <laughs> um, and so you're having an event sort of to tie in with that? Uh, yeah, I, I took over as bar manager in... September, October kind of thing. Um, and I knew in my time here, I wanted to set up something that, you know, is good for the venue, brings in customers, but also celebrates our, our Belgian link kind of thing. But I didn't want to focus purely on Belgium. I wanted to tie in the Australian craft beer scene. Uh, so we've asked a few brewers to make a Belgian-inspired beer um, that they haven't brewed before, um, especially for the event. And then they'll, they'll release it here on, on that day, 21st of July. So we've got um, Kawinda, Kaiju, Moondog, Wolf of the Willows, uh, and Murray's Brewing from New South Wales. So yep. four from Melbourne, one from New South Wales. Great. Um, making a beer for the event. So yeah, and that's that's what I wanted to do. It's tying those two together, like good Belgian beers, but also celebrating the craft beer scene in, hmm. in Australia kind of so thing. So did you give them any directive of just had to be Belgian inspired. Um, yeah, so that was the main the main directive, and it has to be Belgian, you know, and it has to be a beer that you haven't made before. Um, well, for the Willows, for example, um, they're making a saison. They've have a an, a saison on their, I think, an India saison on their core range. Um, the saison they're doing for us will either have, I think, uh, blood orange or grapefruit, kind of thing. Um, What's the the Belgian word for? Grapefruit, what's the, the Dutch word? Is, is it pamplemousse? Is that? Pamplemousse. Pamplemousse. Great Pampelmus. word. Pamplemousse. Yeah. <laughs> Great one, actually. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, and that's what we want to do, just celebrate Belgian National Day with, obviously, what's great about Belgium is, is beer and, and tying these, these breweries in. Yeah, so, yeah. That's a fun-sounding event. Do you know what any of the other breweries are um, providing? I can tell you one, because um, I don't want to give away of too course. much. Yeah, yeah. Um, so Moondog, for example, which um, even bef- when I started working here, the venue's always been a great supporter of, of Moondog. Um, and they've been very good to us. So they've invited us. Um, a month or a month and a half ago to brew the beer with them, starting from scratch, taking the grains great. out. And there's a few people here that haven't been to a brewery or weren't sure how beer was made. So mm. it was a good way for them to learn as well. Definitely. Um, so we fun day out. Oh, well. fun day out, yeah. <laughs> especially because we had free beers from nine <laughs> in the morning till about one in the afternoon. Wonderful. Yeah. Um, so Moondog, we brewed a um, Shimei double style beer. Great. Um, it's going to sit around the 6.5% mark ABV. Hmm. Um, and then they've added a bit of cherries to it as well, just to give you that extra, extra dimension to mm. the beer. Yeah, they, they couldn't just brew it straight down the line. They couldn't. Right? Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> they always, it's Moondog, you yeah. know. They have to be a bit weird, you yeah. know. Step out the box. <laughs> was that fun brewing it? Brewing a beer. Oh, it was was very fun. I've done a fair bit of brewery tours and and stuff, but this was the first one where instead of just looking and watching how the beer is made, you get to be hands on. Everybody got to stir the mash tun and. We got to throw in the hops and, you know, we had like leather aprons on and stuff. <laughs> so, yeah, it was a, was a good day out. Good Did fun. any of the staff come away that maybe weren't super into beer with a bit more of an appreciation? <sighs> There's, as staff that starts working here, you don't have to be into beer, mm. but you have to be interested into beer. Yeah. And you can't work here for longer than a month and say, I'm not in- interested in beer. Because you get so immersed on it where, you know, we change the, the taps over craft beer wise. The bottle beer list is, is quite extensive. Mm. Um, and behind the bar, we just, we're talking beer the whole time. Yeah. So you can't work here for a month and not be interested in beer. So even people that go, I don't drink beer, I'm a wine drinker. They're just like, just we'll give them the a right few weeks. And yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly. yeah. Particularly exactly. with, with Belgian beer, you know, you can run the gamut. And yeah. you've, got, you've got a lot of the Belgian beers bottled. You've got your standard taps. You've also got your local taps. Yeah. Plus your reserve list, yeah. some, some vintage stuff in there. So, so you it's going to be something that some everyone can find, right? Yeah, and the good thing is as well, we have a few regular customers that come in not for the Stella, but come in for the craft beer mm. kind of thing. Um, and once you build up a rapport with them, you know, you get out the special stuff which are not on the list or on the reserve kind of thing. Mm. And a lot of times when they know you haven't had that beer yet, um, they always give the bottle back and give you a little taste yeah. and we share it amongst the staff and yeah so you have to beer is just you can't avoid it yeah. <laughs> you can't <laughs> avoid it yeah being um south bank as well it's kind of an interesting part of melbourne because it's kind of behind south bank where there's a lot of tourists for yeah. traffic so do you see i guess people from out of town visiting as well as as locals do you have sort of because there's not much residential around here is there? no it's it's actually a difficult part to be in um to serve craft beer because on one side we've got all the suits around here we've got all the corporate buildings and they come in for lunch and all they want to drink is furfy and stella it has to be cheap has to be quick Mm. not too much flavor in there but still flavorsome kind of thing um and then you have the other people that don't live in the area but come in either to drink belgian beer and discover more beer Mm. so we have to cater to two extremes of 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 beer customers kind of thing people that don't really care that much and then the people that want to go purely for craft beer so yeah mm. it's not easy it's a fine line yeah it's a fine line and that's why with with this event we kind of 
want to reestablish the Belgian beer cafe as, you know, yes, we do. We have Stella and we have a good basic core range, but you also have a lot of interesting beers and, and you know, tied in with the Australian slash Melbourne craft market. Mm. Yeah. I have a, um, a housemate who doesn't, who can't tolerate beer at all, only drinks sweet cider. And the only beer he's ever enjoyed was, Cherry beer, beer. was the Bellevue Creek. Yeah, the only Bellevue Creek. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. We have a lot of women girls that come in it's like oh I'd, I'd like wine and and their husbands go but you know you're at the belgian beer cafe it says yeah. beer in the title <laughs> so like, no no i like wine i was like all right let me give you a taste of this so i always give them a taste of the bellevue creek which is a it's like drinking ch- cherry lollies mm, yeah. basically um and then another one especially now which we have on tap is uh, bad Shepherd Raspberry Wheat. Yeah, that's a good yeah. one. Yeah. Um, so it's got it's got the fruitiness of the raspberry. Um, it's it's very light and refreshing, but it's it's only slightly sweet. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have the sweetness. It's got a really strong raspberry aroma. Yeah, as well, exactly. So, yeah. so I always give them a taste of the cherry and a beer like that, and they go, "Ooh, that's nice. Is that a, that's, is that a cider?" It's like, "No, that's beer." And they're like, "Yeah, hey, I'll have one of those." So. Those beers, yeah, those kind of beers, are so good at breaking down that perception. Yeah, you know, particularly females, they get marketed away from beer. Yeah, and beers just. Man, man, and they just drink Carlton Draft, and you try it. Yeah. They're like, oh, this is garbage. Yeah. And then you know, and once you get something that's actually a little bit different to that, that, that stands out, you know, it's colourful and it, it smells different. Yeah. It's like, oh, hang and on, maybe beer. That's that's what we try to do here as well. Is obviously we have to sell beer, and it's still a business. Um, but we also try and educate people, mm. and so people that some people come in and go, look, I usually drink Carlton Draft, but kind of want to try craft beer. What do you want to do? And there's a few questions we ask them. Do you want to have one? Are you going to have a few? Um, what's your favorite style? What flavors are you after? So we get an idea of what the customer thinks he wants because they don't always know themselves. Um, and then we just we just go through the range. If they have one beer, we just go, all right, we'll give you an extreme craft beer and just <laughs> go all the way kind of thing. If they want to ease into it, we start with a pale and just slowly work our way up. Mm. Yeah, It's great seeing people do that as well. Yeah. Um, if someone was coming in and wanting a Belgian beer, that maybe tried one or two, maybe Stella or whatever. Yeah. What do you think is a good sort of intro point for, for most people? If somebody comes in and says, I want a Belgian beer, I don't know what, I always give them my favorite beer of all time, which is Triple Carmelit. Um, so that's a beer, it's based on a recipe of 1679. It's uh, classified as a Belgian strong blonde, it's in at 8.4%. It's it's very creamy mm-hmm. uh, for people that have have had Duvel before in the past. It's a similar style beer. Mm. Difference is w- while Duvel Duvel can have a slightly bitter taste, um, the bitterness in the triple carmelit is a lot softer, and it tends more towards like floral notes and maybe small hints of banana and cloves kind of thing. But yeah, oh, it's so good. Good with muscles. <laughs> it's so good. Yeah, oh definitely. Yeah, the white wine muscles and triple carmelit. Mm. Yeah, it's really good. I um. I had mussels cooked in that when we were in Belgium, and I think we said to the, the waiter, they had white, white wine mussels, and we said, oh, can you cook them with beer? And he was just, like, angry that we even asked. He was like, of course we can. Yeah, and yeah. Just like, Don't be silly. And so we had that beer, and, and mussels yeah. were amazing. Yeah, there's a few places that they they won't tell you. They're like, it's made with white wine, but they just add a just a glock or two of, of beer, wheat beer or pale ale, just yeah. to add that extra flavor to it, yeah. Um, I had white wine, oh, sorry, Beer and uh, Belgian triple and mussels last night as well. Delicious combination. Yeah, oh, delicious. The world. 
I think we eat the most mussels per capita in the world as well. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> At least we did a few years ago. <laughs> and the most mussels are the most fritz, right? <laughs> yeah. That's just the, uh, the actual, the, I'd call it chips culture. It's not the same as here where you have fish and chips because if you go to a chip shop back home, there's loads of lift different deep fried snacks. Yeah. Um, and it's so ingrained in, in Belgian culture that I think about five or six years ago that chips... Belgian chips culture was put on the UNESCO World Heritage, oh, so great. it's now protected as an actual cultural uh, thing. Yeah, there's a museum for them in Bruges. Uh, well. so yeah, the Frit Museum. The yeah, that's true. If you go to, I don't, for people that have been to Bruges, you've got the main market square in front of the Belfry, mm. and in front of the Belfry, there's two chip shops, mm. like two chips caravans or whatever you want to yeah. call it. Um, and it's every summer. I think their license goes either one year or three years. And every time a license expires, they just compete. And it's a whole story in the news about how they're fighting to... Yeah, it's, it's a whole thing. The license yeah. expires and someone else moves in. And yeah, well, they, they try. And then obviously people that are out there already trying to keep the license. Yeah. And I think a few years ago, I think the license must have been sending out a million euros a year or something. Because you're on the main square of, of you know... Of of, Br- of Bruges kind of thing, yeah, so yeah. yeah, it's insanely insanely expensive. Yeah. We went along and had we queued up at e- either one, and yeah. at the time the one on the right hand side was yeah. the best. Their carry mayo was was spot on. It's good, <laughs> but they're expensive because yeah, they're yeah. At, at that location. It's a tourist so thing. Yeah. It yeah, is yeah. definitely yeah. a tourist thing. Yeah, um, you make your license money back immediately. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so the Belgian National Day um, event, like, seems to be like a really fun event. As the bar manager here. What are you going to try and do over the short term to revitalize? Um, For the event itself? No, just in general. In general. So that's where I started as bar manager, October, September. I thought I'd just ease into the role and take over from the previous bar manager. Um, After New Year's, I kind of realized I know what my job is now. I know what what I have to do. And I slowly started changing the way we um, operate with brewers and suppliers. Um, we're always trying to get deals in, uh, all that stuff, and then keeping the the bottled beer list up to date. Uh, so every six months, we update it, kind of thing. And then events like this, where you know, just making it interesting, not only for the people that work here because they like to try different beers, but you know, each of these brewers have a following. So just getting that bond together of this venue and, and getting our tentacles out to other suppliers and other brewers, kind of thing. Yeah, good fun. Because there was a it was Wednesday Day here. Yes. Yeah. Two yeah. years ago. Two years ago, 2014. Yeah, yeah, I thought yeah. that's where you go. Yeah. Yeah. Ask away, Dave. <laughs> oh, no. Just, uh, is there anything that you can do to try and uh, secure as Wednesday Day? Here? Um, if he could, he couldn't tell us, right? Well, <laughs> I don't know. I could, but then I have to kill you. you know? <laughs> <laughs> and um, this would be the greatest episode ever if that was the <laughs> <laughs> um, So the bar manager at the time was Taz Matthews, who's now working at Catfish. Um, so she set up Zwanzi Day. Um, I guess, sorry, we should say, people that don't know, um, Zwanzi Day is the Canteon annual tapping of a one-off kind of beer for that, that day. Yeah. Um, happens all around the world, Hawaii, Japan, Belgium, obviously, and uh, you guys were the first time in Australia. Yeah. Um, in 2014. 2014. So yeah. that was a raspberry? Was it raspberry? Oh, we had a few things on. I can't but remember. Because I think it was a raspberry. Yeah, because yeah. yeah, we had different cantons. We opened, we sold out of most of our canton bottles it was a f- that day yeah. as yeah. well. It was a super fun so day, yeah. 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 Yep. And um, then I went to Perth last year, didn't Perth I? Perth had it yeah. last year. Yeah. So, 
I can set it up. I just don't want to take on too much. Sure. And then not execute it properly and it kind of, you know, doesn't work out. Um, so It's not like there's going to be any beer nerd scrutinizing what you do, though, on that day. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I know, I know. But, yeah. <laughs> but I saw how stressful the event was for the person that organized it yeah. at the time. Um, so I just want to make sure I'm confident in my role now. Yeah. Setting up events like Belgian National Day and hopefully make it into a yearly tradition. Mm. And once I'm comfortable with that, I can I'll I'll look into doing more events, setting up more events like another Swansea Day, maybe. How hopefully. much say do you have as a venue operator? Um, in getting a Swansea Day. Or, uh, getting an event like that. Because you can you can nominate for it, can't you? But you don't just get to do it. Do no, I no. don't I don't think so. Yeah. Um, obviously you have to work closely with your supply yeah. which I think we do. Um, cuz when Cantillon came back in this year in the country, uh, we got sent a case of it without ordering it. Nice. Uh, just so cuz we're a what do you call a core range venue for the uh, supply our products. Yeah, cool. So yeah, so that was cool. Um, we don't get to say. I think ultimately it's them that decide. Sure, yeah. Um, but I think you know, if we've got, let's say, the, the Carlton Hotel, just to drop a name or something, and we apply for it, well, if we're the Belgian Beer Cafe, yeah, hopefully sure, we're getting yeah. a little bit more of a preference over, over the other venues that apply for it. Yeah. Especially if you, like, develop um, a pattern of having great Belgian National yeah. Day celebrations mm. and that yeah. sort of thing. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, when we're talking about this off mic, Dave, I'm a huge fan of the idea of getting local breweries Doing Belgian Belgian styles yeah. for for you guys because it kind of makes sense, right? Yeah. Like you still want to support local breweries, and I think as you said, a lot of people come in for that to support them. But getting a, a Belgian beer, yeah, and it's we don't want to focus solely on Belgian people. Like the Belgian National Day event is not just for Belgians; it's mm. just for the general public, and that's that's this event as well. It's is people that just want to drink nice craft beer. People that want to come in just because it's Belgian nationally, we might not see him for another 364 yeah. days. Yeah. But you know, so we try and cater for for at least at least those two uh, audiences. Kind and of also, thing. the other guys you have involved have their own communication channels, yep. so um, they can push it um, their own ways themselves. Yeah, yeah, that was kind of like a, a second idea behind the event. We can do our marketing, and we're in Froth Magazine. We had an ad last last month, um, and we have a small little. Uh, half page in this month so we can do our advertising whatever but having these five breweries tied in they've got their facebook instagram you know all that stuff so so and they each have their own code as well uh for people that support either kaiju or quindo or moondog or whatever um the those brewers can give out a code so we can track where the customers are coming from yep, perfect. and then with so that you know who not to involve yeah. next year <laughs> when not enough codes yeah. um, but with that code more importantly is they get a they get a $10 $10 dollar discount sure. as well yeah excellent yeah. we'll uh, make a phone call and get, get one of those codes yeah, yeah. <laughs> so so just to mention that as well the 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 event is free so you can just rock up and it's a free event um, there'll be seven beers on tap. Uh, you get to taste all of them for forty-five dollars. Cool. So you get one hundred and fifty mil tasters of each. So that's over a liter of beer, forty-five dollars. Um, if you go to one of these brewers and you use their code, you get ten dollars off. So it's thirty-five dollars instead of. But again, free event. If you just want to come in and, and try one beer, yeah. just rock up and go for it. I've got a half marathon that Sunday, so I don't really want to do a beer again. <laughs> Maybe after that. What time do you open? Um, so we open at 11 every day, um, but the event officially starts at 5 p.m. So come Sunday, if there's still a couple on, maybe I'll 
slot my time. Marathon, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, any other questions that you um, had, Dave? Do you have anything you wanted to add about the cafe or Belgian beer or life in general? Life in general, <laughs> uh, no. Well, you're born and then you die, and everything between is a bonus. Perfect. <laughs> Great point. Yeah. You could have said every beer in between is a bonus. Yeah. Yeah, that really, really set it yeah. off. Um, great. We'll come back and wrap up in a second. Um, yeah. Great. See you Thanks, guys. Welcome back. We've got a couple of recommendations, but before we do, my last two recommendations, Dave, if you cast your mind back. One was awesome scott card in the the books um ender's game right turns out he is a, a raging raging homophobe really he actively campaigns against gay marriage and laws against gay marriage so i'm going to withdraw that thing really turns out he's interesting a, a pretty unpleasant dude the, the theme of those books is all about acceptance and tolerance and like everyone's equal and all you know different species are, are all the same and we shouldn't be killing everyone and it turns out he does not practice what he preaches. So like a like a Jekyll and Hyde in literature. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Get out of here, awesome Scott Card. I'm not going to buy any more of your books. Also, Friday Night Lights. Turns out the second. Any homophobes in there? Mm, I don't know. I haven't gone that deep. The, the, the Sick of these retractions. Look, make good ones or not. Yeah. Friday Night Lights. Um, the first season amazing. Second season was affected by the writers' strike. Right. Garbage. Really. In suddenly and cus- uh, characters disappear. Dear um, idea. So if you. So if you pull the pin after season one... Or just skip to season three. Oh, I see, And maybe right. just read a couple of Wikipedia pages because <laughs> don't bother season two. Anyway. All right, well, what about a current? Now, be careful you haven't got any racists or homophobes <laughs> in this group of people. Uh, I'm pretty safe, I think. Um, my first one... What are we um, going to start off with? Well, let's do a non-beer. All right. we're on that theme. Um, Pup, or P-U-P, the punk rock band out of Toronto, Canada... Uh, yeah, is that an, an acronym? I don't think it okay. is. I'm not sure. I should yeah, Google I it yourself. <laughs> um, they put an album in May and it's just fucking brilliant. Right. Um, and it's crossing over. I normally wouldn't recommend punk albums because most of our audience wouldn't love them. I feel like you've done a lot of punk recommendations. Oh, have I? Okay. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe I would. Um, but they, they're crossing over like Rolling Stone gave them a glowing, really glowing review. They're making sort of big waves. They've got a, a show coming up at the Rev. Two shows coming up at the Reverence here in Melbourne. Good work, pop, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm gonna go check check them out on a Friday night. They're touring Australia. If you if you enjoy good music, I think you might find something you enjoy in there. It's a really good album. Fun. Dave, non beer. Yeah. Um. All right. Uh, at the um, Bendigo on the Hop launch, I just it was disgusting the effort I put in to the Sparrows Philly cheesesteaks. Yes. Resident of the Catfish Hotel, but they yep. pop up here and there. Mm. Get involved if you have to, because it is so good. I made a mess of the uh, hoagie Philly cheesesteak. What's a hoagie Philly uh, cheesesteak? It's got it's a regular Philly cheesesteak, but it's got um, lettuce and tomato. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, bit of lettuce, bit of tomato, uh, and I had a bucket of wings as well. Uh, Don't get barbecue sauce. Get the hot sauce with the blue cheese dip sauce as well. That's the only way to do it. Uh, Super Bowl at the Catfish. Yep, I did the cheesesteak with cider wings. Yep, I still like tear up when I think of yeah, that. Yeah, it was <laughs> so good. Um, so any events with a pop-up, go for it. Otherwise, when you're at the Catfish, just get amongst it because it's so delicious. So I, w- I went off script and I was 
there actually for your birthday sure. recently and had a the hot version of the Philly cheesesteak. Oh yeah. Didn't love it. Okay. Uh it was good, but I just wanted the classic. I think the right. classic is Yeah. Always get the hot version. Uh, Always get the hot version. I think so they have a lot of hot sauces. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So if I wasn't get like cuz I got the wings with the hot sauce and that's the only reason why I didn't get the hot version yeah, of that. Yeah. So uh, I didn't Don't want to too much. And those hot those wings were quite spicy from memory. Yeah, and delicious. Yeah. Just so good. Yeah. I think I had a a Brett Black IPA from Eight Wired. Do you know the just crazy? But the bone removal technique for the wing version of it. Explain. There's a little bit of cartilage at one end. Yeah. You can just twist that right off and yeah. then go. <laughs> I mean, I'm doing some hand movements. <laughs> but once you twist the cartilage off, you can just pull the bones directly out and then shove them in your mouth, and you get 100% of the meat. That's interesting. Yeah. I sometimes just eat the cartilage. Yeah. Right off. Well, I mean, I'm I'm uh, no, but that only like helps when you want to remove the. The yeah, bones, yeah, because yeah. no, that's so how they're I'm all done. Yeah, it's shot. really yeah. Uh, quite enjoyable. Yeah, <laughs> it's two recommendations. I know. You solid. It. <laughs> Nick, what do you got for us? Uh, Non-beer related. Yes. Um, still adding between two things. One is the book Shantaram. Oh yes. Um, Shantaram, Australian author Gregory David Roberts. Um, or I was adding between Mr. Robot. I don't know if any of you seen. The show, Mr. Robot. No, no. but I, I have actually heard oh some my several strong God. recommendations. Why have I heard about it's this? Who's, who's behind good. it? So, um, I, I'm terrible with names and all that stuff. But the show in itself, it's about IT and hackers and the um, current global economy and all that stuff. But they've been so on trend or even predicting stuff wow. before it happens. So there's an episode. Not going to give away too much. An episode where somebody's Ashley Madison account gets hacked wow. and it gets leaked online. That episode actually aired two weeks before the actual Amazing. Ashley Madis- Madison. That's just good fun, yeah. isn't it? When, you, when that sort of stuff happens. Yeah. That's about a dude who suspects that uh, a entity is watching and following him. It's, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's, right? it's a hackers collective. The, the main character is kind of paranoid. He thinks he gets followed. Maybe he is, maybe he isn't. Who knows? Um, they... You know, they hack some stuff. They turn turn the world upside down. Um, I actually have heard several really strong recommendations. If you haven't that, watched yeah. it, you have to watch it. Where can you um, access it? Um, Is it on Netflix? I'm gonna say yes. Okay, <laughs> I'm looking at it. <laughs> um, and there's another episode which they had to delay airing because it had something to do with WikiLeaks and where they made a right. statement. Um, and the day that they were gonna air it. The actual thing happens, so they have had to wait for oh like dear. a week or so to air the episode. So either that, or I'm going to double up and still talk about Shantaram. Okay. Yes. Um, so Shantaram is my favorite book of all time. Gregory David Roberts, Australian author, was in prison, escaped to India, had a whole life there, um, wrote the book in Australian prison uh, when he got captured again or extradited back to Australia. Now he wrote the book in prison. The warden um, took his book away and burnt it, and so he just wrote it again. Um, yeah, it's it's my favorite book. It's a real page turner. So in two th- in two thousand and eight, when I was traveling in Mexico and um, the U.S., there were two books that everyone in every hostel was reading, and it was either Shantaram or Marching Powder. And I exchanged Marching Powder with somebody, and I just couldn't bring myself to be someone who'd read both of those that every single person had done it. So I think I might have made the wrong choice. So you just basically, you wanted to be contrary and... Pretty much, yeah. 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 No, my, no. my housemate read Shantaram as well while he was traveling and 
he basically, when he finished the book, gave it to a fellow traveler and wrote an order in there saying, please don't leave this book behind, just give it to the next person. Yes, that's excellent. So starting to hope a chain of Shantaram being handed all over the world. It's an excellent book. If you're Australian and if you haven't read it, shame on you. Yeah, I might have to get that one and knock that over. Yeah. It's on my shelf. Uh, Is it? Yeah, we could probably loan it too if you like, Dave. It's a great way to go I've about got it. I've a few think, books yeah. in the queue. But uh, so it'll be a while before I get to it. But yeah. Yeah. Uh, if I get home and there's no power at my house, I might need it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, beer recommendation. What do you got for us? Beer recommendation. Um, it's not going to be Belgian because I don't want to cliche it up kind of thing. <laughs> um, I feel like our audience would like appreciate a Belgian recommendation from someone from Belgium, though. I'm not going to put any uh, pressure on. Yeah, true. That's why I don't want to... I yeah, doubled yeah. up on the non-beer. I don't yeah. want to double up on yeah, Belgian okay. beer. Um, I'm going to support a, as of now, gypsy brewer out of Sydney. Mm-hmm. Um, brewery called Merchant. I don't know if you heard of those guys. Now, they make a old grey uh, pear blonde ale. Mm. It makes... Bold statements, but makes my top five beer of all wow. time. All time. Seen those guys pop up, and I haven't. Yes, yeah, so they've got Sloth Ale, All Grey. They've just come out with um, um, the the Hof IPA, I think it is. Something oh like yeah, that. I didn't see the um, label of that. Yeah. yeah, I think it was in Froth Magazine last yeah. month or this month. So the All Grey Pear Blonde. When I first tried it, I was just blown away. I just wow. Yeah, I had a beer mash uh, uh, for the first time. Do you live nearby beer mash? Is no, no, okay. I get along with <laughs> Shane, <laughs> yeah. Shane quite well, and they have an awesome selection of yeah, beer. Yeah, yeah. So, I had it there for the first time, and I was just blown away. I was, I was speechless, and the flavors just kept on building. Hmm. Basically, we have it on our bit of advertisement as well. Yeah. We have it on our uh, core range bottle list. Excellent. It's packaged as well, is it? It is packaged. Oh. So we've got a keg sitting in the cool room waiting to be tapped, but it's on our, our bottled beer list. So basically what happens is they make a blonde nail. Um, they infuse it with very important French old grey tea leaves because the French uh, version is a lot softer than, mm. than the other ones. Um, and then towards the end of the process, they put in uh, bits of uh, sweet yellow pear. Um, so when you have the beer, it starts off with a really nice uh, old grey tea flavoured aroma kind of thing. And you can taste it as well. Then it, it slowly turns into a slight bitterness. But before it turns too bitter, you get the fruitiness of the yellow pear that just freshens it up a bit mm. towards the end. And then right at the end, you get a very small hint of vanilla in there. So there's so many flavours in there and it's... yeah. What a compelling recommendation. Yeah, I, I yeah. have been wary of that beer. Um, Try it. Just, and this is probably years of being jaded, but you see sort of contract brew and then you see tea and you like, no, I feel like someone's just gone and thrown something in. You yeah. ever tried the Gonomata from... Yeah. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. So right. with the Gonomata, which is a really good beer, but if you finish the bottle by the end of it, it's all bitterness, all tea bitterness in mm. your mouth. It's, good, it's quite astringent, I think. Yeah, and that, that this it doesn't happen with this one because you got the pair to just even it out kind of thing. Hmm. Yeah. There you go. Dave, what do you got? Mine's a double-edged, so much double-edged recommendations going on, but here's a, a double-edged one for you. My recommendation is going to be from our uh, perennial favourite brewery, uh, Townsend's, The oh yeah. Winds Fall. Which I haven't was tried that yet. That was the um, collaboration with Stu from Eastie Boys. Some more relative uh, hmm. content here. Uh, it was the attempt to not replicate, but pay tribute to uh, Billy B's from Thoroughgoods. Mm. It's a 50% uh, apple juice f- ferment, 50% ale ferments. Um, and it's, it's, it's 
fantastic. It's delicious. It spent some time in barrels. But what I got out of it was even as good as it was, it made me appreciate how goddamn good Billy Bees is. Or but even was. was, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, it doesn't exist anymore. No. Does it? Yeah. Well, I don't know if they're still trying to sell the business. <sighs> yeah. I, I thought they sold it. Did they? I know they were I, trying to. What I remember of Billy Bees is there was a person that went over and visited the cider brewery or whatever you want to call it, thought it was so good that he just bought the entire thing and rebranded it. And that was about two or three years ago, I think. Okay. I yeah, think. Because it drifted off the radar. Yeah. And I knew, Yeah, I do actually remember, sorry, they were saying that it's not going to happen, like the, the, those beers were gone. Yeah, yeah. That was originally going to be part of the sale. Yeah, I thought it was too. Yeah. 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 But yeah, because yeah. Um, yeah, even as good as the Townsend Brewery version was, something about that Billy B's just has got the extra level of delicacy and uh, I don't know what it is, but because um, it's, it's a pretty tightly kept secret about how they go about making it. So, um, so for, yeah. for Townsend's research on that, I actually ended up sending him half a dozen bottles. Yeah, three right. Of the golden, three of the thing. Um, I get on with Martin pretty well, of and course. so I've, he was looking for some. So I sent him some bottles, and he sent some beers back. Um, but I still haven't tried that. It's very that good. Beer, yeah. yeah, but um, all of a sudden, I guess we've got a, a few more. I think since he changed his uh, or he took ownership of his own distribution, um, all of a sudden we're getting the Flemish Stout and oh, some so more. So that's through experience. It. Oh, sorry. Yes. Yeah, yeah. uh, well, since he changed anyway, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. So. Um, yeah, I mean, I had a bottle of Flemish Stout recently, which is amazing. Yeah. And then I just found this on the shelf. So um, I'd never seen it before. So if you see it around, his, grab his, it. His beers, and we've said this so many times, they're so overlooked. I think um, he just makes very, very delicious, really well-made beers. Yeah. So I find yeah. it hard to go past that Black Arrow Pilsner. It's yeah, their Pilsner's delicious. Great. Yeah. How about you? Uh, mine is the New World IPA mm-hmm. from... Bad Shepherd. Preaching we to the choir. Yeah. Talk about Bad Shepherd a lot on this show. We um, do. But so basically, it's a West Coast style IPA in, a, in the truest sense, really dry, um, using a French hop. What well, US, it? Australian, and French. Yeah. I don't know. I can't remember what the name I of you said it is. I think I s- butchered what it might be, okay. but that is not it, though. Okay. Um, <laughs> we'll find maybe out. Maybe I'll. Notes. How about you tell me, you tell us about it, and I'll look it up. Cool. Um, I had a couple of bottles the other night. I was gonna, only going to have one bottle, and then I was going to maybe review the second bottle the next day on the for the website um, and just drank them both while I was watching the Tour de France. Because <laughs> um, really it has French hops. So yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <I was> like, <laughs> well, However, <laughs> you want to justify it. Yeah. yeah. Um, it was delicious. It was really like this interesting sort of stone fruity apricot uh, aroma. Also like a berry, and it says strawberries on the um, the back of the label, and I, I would say it's very close to a, like a dehydrated strawberry, and then sort of you know citrus as well on top yeah. of that. Really sharply bitter. Um, yeah, reminded me of you know some of the New Zealand IPAs that are quite clean and have that really grassy bitterness. Um, but yeah, it was really unique and really interesting. I can't find the um, I can't find the hop variety, but. Needless to say, it is just a delicious IPA. Mm. And mm. It's another strong beer coming out of that Cheltenham Brewery. Yeah. Um, where can we find the Belgian Beer Cafe on the internet? Uh, put you on the spot Belgi- right now. Yeah, <laughs> Belgian Beer Cafe Melbourne, I guess, is it? Maybe we'll put a is link it? on the website. I think I should know. <laughs> I think I should Maybe know. Maybe or something yeah. like that. Yeah, um, um, and for the event itself, if you look up on Facebook, Belgian National Day 2016, cool. um, you'll see a... Belgian flag with, uh, and then the description of the event and go in interested there's a link to try booking where you can buy the tickets as well awesome um, and if you enter the code R-B-A-C-H you get $10 off 
Hey, look at that. Perfect. There There's a, a special for listeners. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, excellent. Dave, where can we find you on the internet? Uh, Twitter, Instagram, at MelbaDave. Uh, oh, yeah, Periscope as well, same name. Maybe we'll do one after. Uh, we'll Periscope the intro of the show, maybe. Yeah, sounds good. Cool. Um, we got a new rating this week. Ooh. I meant to write the person's name down because it was a really nice rating. Did they love it? Yeah. Um, five stars. Thank you, nice person comment. who wasn't important enough for Luke to remember. It's <laughs> <laughs> as bad as you only having two beers in your fridge. True. <laughs> Good point. Yeah. Um, you can get me at Al of a Time everywhere. Snapchat, Instagram, How Twitter. are the Snapchat stories going? Pretty good. Yeah. Pretty good. We've had some, some good Snapchat action nice. lately. Um, pretty half-assed Snapchat action, but it's really? the point of Snapchat, really. I think so, yeah. Uh, if you don't have a dumb half-assed attempt at something. What are you d- using it for? Twitter, um, yeah, please rate us on iTunes if, if you're listening to this near a computer. Uh, send us an email if you have any questions. If you're out of Melbourne and you have some news from Brisbane, Perth, anywhere not Melbourne related, let us know. We would love to cover it. Um, also, a couple of things went up on the blog this week. One was just about medals in competitions. Yeah, sure. Which is an interesting thing. Um, and another one was a Twilight Zone script about beer, which was a lot of fun to write. And you got some good feedback from it. Really good feedback. Yeah. So have a read of that um, if you want to read a Twilight Zone script about beer. Who does I watched it? a lot yeah. of Twilight Zone recently. It's a good show. <laughs> All right. Let's wrap this up. All right. Cheers, guys. Cheers, cool. Nick. Thank you.